I'm Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And we are two millennials who are taking our stance on insurance with a fun twist of pop culture. We work with clients to assess and lower their total cost of risk. And we're chicks! Welcome back. This episode, we have a special guest from DG to discuss cyber. Over the past few years, there's been a huge increase in cyber attacks and cybersecurity and insurance. And this has been a huge topic of discussion all over the globe, especially in DG. Today, we invite our very own Missy, who specializes in cyber, to join our conversation and give us great insight into what this means, how it can happen to anyone, and we will be sharing our personal experiences with being hacked. Missy is a Commercial Lines client advocate who just graduated at BC's quarantine class of 2020. Congrats. <laughs> so Missy, can you give us a little bit more background before we get into our discussion on cyber? Yeah, so um, I started at Delane Gibson in October and I um, started while I was in school. So getting used to the, uh, and adapting to the Monday through Friday work schedule on top of a full-time School schedule uh, was definitely an adjustment period, but I was very thankful that DG was um, very willing to accommodate when I had finals weeks and when I had projects, if I had to scoot out early, you know, they understood the priority that um, I've always had in terms of my education and I will be starting my master's in cybersecurity um, this fall. That's awesome. What are your first thoughts on working in the insurance industry? Um, I enjoy being an advisor. I um, have always taken, like ever since I was a kid, I was always like the first one willing to help out like a kid in school who like didn't understand a concept or like if when it came to sports, like I'd always be like on the sideline, you know, talking to my teammates like, hey, you know, I think you could maybe try this or like, you know, improve that um, to just better improve whatever it was. And I think when it comes to insurance, that it is our life. And what if being in a um, position that gives us the opportunity to advise people on things that could greatly impact their lives is priceless to me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So we have seen cyber hacks happen, not just to the average everyday human like us, but to some big celebrities and companies as well. So Caitlin, I know we were talking about the celebrity law firm that was hacked. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It was in New York, I believe. And it was just saying, it's like all the, it's like this huge company that works with a ton of celebrities and they got hacked, meaning that there were so many celebrities that were like vulnerable to this. And it's just crazy to think how we, like people could trust any company with their mm -hmm. assets or anything like that. And you might not even be directly hacked, but the company that has your assets is hacked. So it's just crazy to think about there's like, so many different ways that this can occur. And I just thought that was like really interesting because it keeps attacking public figures like one after another. It's like a slow hit. It's not like yeah. all at once, like every single celebrity knew that they got hacked. It's like been over time. And with like a law What's firm, like that's like important like information yeah. that's like being thrown in there. So like, I think that's where it makes it so much worse. Yeah, and it's like usually law firms is very like private information. Like, right. That is not meant to be public. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's interesting about that hack is um, the one that you're referring to. There were 750 gigabytes 
worth of information taken. So like if you think about an iPhone, right? I remember when the 16 gigabyte iPhone came out and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm never going to run out of room on my phone. And then, so you, you like put that in comparison to 750 gigabytes worth. And you think of like how much personal information one person has on their one phone and then you expand it in a celebrity fashion, if you will. And that can be exploited very, very easily. Yeah, it's crazy. One of my favorite, I don't know if I should be saying this is my favorite hack or favorite scandal, but just (laughs) when this this happened, like I was like, oh my God, it stirred up so much drama, but the Ashley Madison scandal. (laughs) I like, oh my God, it was unreal. This is like the definition of pop culture hacking and like drama. This is where I like thrive when it comes to these trash reality shows that I just like live and breathe. But um, for those that don't know what Ashley Madison is, Ashley Madison is a dating site specifically for like married men to like have affairs. Iconic. (laughs) And so some people that like I personally recognize from like shows that like I watch watch so Josh Duggar do you know like the 19 kids and counting the Duggar people that guy is like insane so he was like you know leaked on it um Gianni Lavalli which is Snooki's husband which I actually did not know when this first I was you know looking up some like the list of names before we started this and I was like oh my god what like I had no idea um he was on that so that's crazy and then I love my Real Housewives shows and one of the husbands of um one of the housewives of New York City Josh Takeman was on it as well and I also read that Ashley Madison, I think it's up and running still, but they have a sister website called Established Men. <laughs> and this is where girls like us can go find sugar daddies. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely, right? Can you believe this crap exists? But I just can't believe that all the information and all the people that were, like, on there was leaked. Like, that is insane. I know. And it, I think when I say, like, it's my favorite. for 32 million users. Yep. And 15,000 of those users had .gov emails. Oh, my God. It's, like, it's almost kind of like, you know what? If you're, like, sneaking around, like, cheating on your spouse, like, maybe you kind of deserve to be exposed. Like, yeah. And so bitch, that was you know? the mentality of when the hackers kept like notifying this company, like we will keep going, we will make this worse. Mm -hmm. Their mentality was, it wasn't an act of criminality. It's this coined term called hacktivism. Oh, I saw that. That's um, an upcoming term. And that's basically um, the hackers performing these breaches are not doing so for the sake of their own benefit, but for the simple fact that this website is allowing men to cheat on their wives and, you know, possibly put their kids' lives at risk and their mentality is these are crappy men. Let's yeah. exploit that. It was wild. <laughs> I just yeah. pictured like, also- the article like of all their photos with like the exposed and it's like black and white from like the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like all yeah. the top celebrities oh, that they found God. on there. 
it's like their headshots, and then it's like exposed in that like dark red font. Like, and like the um, cyber the Ashley Madison hack too also um, showed the descriptions of like what they were looking for. <laughs> Whether yeah. it was, I don't even want to think about what they what those descriptions <laughs> might be, but um, those were all exploited as well. And what's funny too is that that this company had all of their passwords encrypted and their information encrypted. But this hack in particular was able to grab information beyond other companies that didn't encrypt their passwords. So I think it's a overarching theme that any, anything can be so exploited. Christine, when you talk about like an encrypted password, like what does that mean? Um, think of it as think of the security process behind it as layers mm -hmm. so like you get through one firewall and then there's another one and then you get through this and then there's another mm -hmm. one as opposed to some companies are very vulnerable and they don't have that security up so like once you get into one thing you have access to all things whereas companies that do have and that are um, very aware of their security surroundings and threats they will one make their security layered but also put their different like um, chapters, I guess, of their personal and most important information regarding their business in separate places. So God forbid one of those chapters was like, was exploited or hacked, mm -hmm. you know, you, that obviously sucks, but the rest of them are still safe. As opposed to if you put everything in one place, then once you get one person in there, they have everything. Everything. So basically like, making my password the same thing for every single thing that I use is probably a bad idea. <laughs> Very. Definitely. <laughs> maybe work on that. <laughs> if you think about it, like how many things in your life do you have linked to your email? A lot. Yeah. So if you were to draw like a mind map almost of it and put your email in the middle with a bunch of arrows, how many places would that point to? Right. And then you think of like all the things that someone could gain access to. It's like scary to think about. I know. It's like, very scary. It's overwhelming. I'm getting nervous. And <laughs> trust I'm me. Sweating. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely overwhelming. It's definitely scary. Um, you just have to know where your information is and trust the people or things that are in possession of it. Said and don't make an account on Ashley Madison. Yes. Yeah, no. Just in case. Good. Aside from the fact of getting hacked, don't make an account on yeah. in general, today's <laughs> lesson on the Risky Chicks podcast is don't, don't get yourself caught up in Ashley Madison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Missy, you had mentioned something about TikTok and that there was a yeah. information hack. So I TikTok is something that is like so addicting for me to watch it and I've said this on other episodes but I have never actually made a TikTok and I don't actually have a TikTok account me so what's either. the difference between having the for you page and then having a TikTok account like does having the for you page get hacked like can they get into my stuff like what what's the the hack on that well what I can tell you is I personally don't have a TikTok account so I don't totally know what that means however mm -hmm. um that TikTok was created by developers in China. And there was recently a report done in March, or it came out in March, um, mm -hmm. that I found over, it, it was found in over 50 apps 
in the app store, um, Apple app store, but TikTok was probably the most notable. And they located this loophole that um, when you have the app open on your phone, it has access to see what is in your clipboard. So your clipboard is like you copy something, you paste something. So when you copy something, it's like it goes away, right? But it's on your clipboard, like internally in your phone. And for whatever reason, um, TikTok has admitted that, yes, we can see what's on users' clipboards, but they haven't been really transparent as to why. Mm-hmm. And um, to like take it even like a little um, more, like one more advanced step, they're only looking at text in the, in the clipboard. So like you can copy and paste documents, you can copy and paste um, URLs, for, but for whatever reason, they're only looking at the text that is on users' clipboards and they're not being transparent about why. So would that be like any links? Like, is that yeah. considered a text? Okay. Yeah. Anything that you can create from your keyboard. Right. Would basically okay. constitute that. And um, I, my advice to that would be, I think they should be transparent as to why they're using it. And if they don't want to, then I think they should disable that feature because I, I, there are just so many things within social media that can be exploited that the original person had no intention of that happening to. Just right. In the meantime, my advice would be be mindful of what you copy. And obviously this goes all the time. Be mindful of what you post. Right. Yes, definitely. I remember seeing this whole TikTok, like, you know, in personal information hack on the news, like in the beginning of quarantine, basically. But like, I don't even know how to describe TikTok. I will be up till four in the morning watching it, though. And I don't know why. It's just so addicting of like, Like just like same things over and over, like mindless crap, basically. But it's just like, I don't even know. But anyway, it's just like like a news feed when you scroll through your news feed on any other social media app. TikToks is just like, you know, video after video after video after video of just kind of like the explore page on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So in TikTok's world, it's called the for you page. So I don't know. But like I I didn't I just literally just went to the app store, downloaded the app and like just started like scrolling through it. So I never like created an account or anything. So if anyone wants to see all the TikToks and what everyone's talking about, like you don't even need to make an account for it. You can just download the what's app. Interesting and, like, though, the crap's what's there. interesting though is when you go in, so even though you haven't made an account with TikTok, mm-hmm. you downloaded it from the app store, right? Yeah. Yep. Which has, yeah, which, which has like, which you have to has log into. Oh my God. It's like cyber inception. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. Oh my God. That is crazy. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, on to a very, very relevant topic to Massachusetts and Delane Gibson and us being employed. There's been a huge discussion at DG and I've seen on the news about the unemployment fraud situation that's going on in Massachusetts. So can you simplify and explain in like two minutes what exactly is happening here? Since March, um, Massachusetts has seen 1.23 million claims for unemployment that have been jobless claims. So therefore, people that didn't actually file for them and people are getting their information and payment information completely exploited and what's 
the worst part about this, in my opinion, is being already in an environment where unemployment is at an all-time high, it is now stopping real unemployment payments from going to real unemployed people. And um, the biggest thing that people are saying, like, but how did this happen? How did this happen? There are so many ways it could have happened. I think as like a one sentence, it doesn't mean the people being filed for unemployment on behalf on, if you will, it doesn't mean that they were hacked right now. This could have been information found from years ago mm-hmm. on the dark web. They could have just picked up a bought a random social security number. And there are so many ways to piece together all the information that you need to file an unemployment claim. But then when they got to the payment aspect, they would be putting in payment information that would be offshore accounts, random accounts. And the um, right now the Secret Service believes that these attacks are originating from a well-organized Nigerian fraud ring who are utilizing mules in the U.S. to file the claims because you can't access the U.S. unemployment website from another country. Mm-hmm. And they're filing them in the U.S. and um, in hopes that they're going to get these random people's um, unemployment payments. Wow. Yeah, so what can people do to kind of watch out to make sure this isn't happening. I know people have received notifications. I know that in our sales meeting, they had mentioned to kind of watch your credit and make sure you're not getting checked on that. So what are like some of the major things you should be looking out for to make sure this isn't happening to you? Um, in order to prevent it, I would say just be mindful. I, I know I said this earlier, be mindful of where your information is and make sure you really trust who has it. Um, If this does happen to you, if you were to get one of these notifications, I'd say file a police report with as much information as you can. Um, A lot of people say, but what are the police going to do about cyber attacks? Well, Mm -hmm. that's the starting with a police report to your local police is how that chain link is going to get all the way up to the FBI to mitigate this entirely. And um, so, you know, in more simpler terms of that just document 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 everything phone calls emails letters random texts everything like that just compile it all together yeah if in fact you are employed and you get one of these notices notify your hr department as fast as you can um because if you are employed and this happens to you businesses in massachusetts anyways part of their taxes go into an unemployment fund. So if those funds are being withdrawn and sent to a fake person, it's not only impacting you, but it's impacting your business as well, because mm-hmm. now they have part of their tax revenue going to cyber criminals. Yeah, that's insane. I just like, I remember they were talking, like I saw it on the news. I, there was discussions inside our organization. And I was just like, my jaw was pretty much like on the my desk when they I were talking so, about this. I got so like, freaked out and I got now saying like some people have like you know fraudulently been you know filing for unemployment I was like oh my god mm-hmm. just adds to the list of 2020 <laughs> yeah let's keep like let's keep it going like I mean that's one thing awesome. cyber criminals are always aware of is the environment and the timing right um, in in past years I mean as you just said 2020 is a different animal so like let's not bring that into this it's but a beast. Yeah. it's a monster in, it's not an animal it's like a mythical creature 
Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> in past years, it's been Christmas season, tax season, and graduation season. Mm-hmm. That have been three most ex- expletive, expletive um, times for cyber criminals because you're dealing with mass amounts of, you know, cut consumer shopping, um, you know, filing taxes. That's one of like the biggest um, ways in more so, I wouldn't say now, because I think people are becoming a lot more aware, but five, six years ago, that was probably the number one cause of breaches for businesses was getting their um, W-2s into the wrong hands of their employees. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell my story now. I know we're doing story time later about our experiences, but you brought up like the seasons and my bank account was hacked um, two days before Christmas and all of my money in college was taken out. Um, I was, I got a notification that was like, your balance is below $20 or whatever. And I was like, whoa, what? Like I did not like, Granted, I was in college, so, like, there really wasn't, like, a terrible amount in there anyways, but I knew that it wasn't that low. <laughs> so, I but filed, college, I shut my card off. dollars like, the normal 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just left, so I'm yeah. I know that. Um, so, what I had to do was shut my card off, pause it, but this was my debit card. Like, I didn't have a credit card at the time. So literally I had access to no money. I didn't have anything and my family was leaving to go overseas on vacation and I wasn't going to have access to anything that I had. It was just like a whole insane thing. And it was right before the holidays. Everything was like kind of closed down. The hours were weird. I couldn't get it fixed. It took months to get it fixed. Finally got it back. Then the paperwork was messed up in like seven months later, all the money was removed from my account again. So it was just like, it's this whole like situation that you just like don't want to get involved in. We still have no clue how this person got my information because they took all the money out from the bank, a bank in Florida. So either like my name is on like a fake ID or because <laughs> like the amount they took out, you can't withdraw from a machine. You have to go up to the teller. So it's just like, it's insane. And like the stories that people have of that, like you don't think much about it during it, but now that we've brought up this conversation, it's crazy. It's scary. scary. Cyber is the first demographic of criminals, I think in law enforcement that are genuinely, and probably even more than that, many steps ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. And I think law enforcement is kind of grappling with how do we deal with criminals that are actually smarter than us? Yeah. Because that's that's really what it boils down to is that attacks and breaches are happening so smoothly and like they just happen completely unidentified that it's it's kind of like a catch-22. Like, wow, that who who was supposed to notice that? Yeah. You know, it's it's quite it's really something to see. And the attacks are getting bigger and more sophisticated by the day. I remember, um, I think this was like a year ago, um, one of like our uh, coworkers, their email got hacked and these hackers were able to like mimic the exact way that like this person writes an email, like, like exactly like, so it was like, there's no questioning that like, it was really them like emailing you. Mm-hmm. It's, it was so creepy. I know it's so weird. 
And like sometimes, especially with emails, like you read them pretty fast and like it looks like it's from that person. Right. And you aren't like looking at what email address it came from. And that is usually like for us when we see Mm -hmm. the emails come in, like that is what we see is wrong. Yeah. It's like that is not a real email address. No, when it's like at like (laughs) X3 to the power of like seven comma like 12 like dot com. I'm like, girl, like I see you. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've like reported it probably at least like I don't know maybe five times to IT guy if or IT guy if I ever see anything like that. But that's um, oh, one of that stuff. That's another tip is to look at the at you know dot com yeah. email address. That's um one of the things that we have at DG is that anytime we get an email that's from outside of our at delandgibson.com mm-hmm. network we get like a notification with it that says big capital letters external email right so it kind of raises that red flag for you even when you know it, it could just be one of our clients mm-hmm. yeah like a mental note to like you know okay external email like let's double check this yeah so we have definitely grown up in like a technology generation, which, you know, is good and bad in terms of cyber stuff. So Missy, do you believe that cyber hacks and cyber fraud has anything to do with like generations? I would say 100% yes. Uh, we're the first generation to have grown up with technology and now entering the workforce compared to older generations who have had to adapt to all of this technology while in the middle of their job. So, you know, you have, and then you also play into the fact that in high school, me personally, I had an iPad, like my school provided iPads for us for four years. And I remember my like freshman year of high school, there was a local newspaper that came and like, we were one of the first schools in the area to roll out iPads. And ironically, I was against it my freshman year of high school. And this interviewer came and comes in and uh, my teacher had like suggested me to be one of the people interviewed. And I was like, well, textbooks don't have batteries. You know, you don't have to charge up your textbook. Charge up the textbook. Charge it up. (laughs) um, I was against it at first. But, you know, now you think of that on more of a grand scale and we're coming into the workforce knowing um, a lot of these vulnerabilities in a different, I think, our generation sees them as, oh, it's probably going to happen to us at some point or another. It's almost like we treat it as something that's inevitable. But in theory, it really shouldn't be. And I think 100% generations, the generational factor of it plays a large factor. And I promise you that your, you know, 85-year-old grandfather isn't the cyber criminal behind the screen. (laughs) Someone from the age of like, I don't even want to. Uh, like 16. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to like um, constrict it to an age because it really could be anyone. But I think the generational factor has a lot to do with it because when you grow up with something, it becomes a complete second nature. And we don't even realize it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our age group definitely is like we're aware of it, but that doesn't necessarily make us more careful about it, which is a bad thing. I think we're just so used to it. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like there are some times where I'll be like, you know, doing something online and I'll click on something and be like, oh, like enter your email to read the full article. And in my head, I'm like, they'll only get my email. And I just type it in for the hell of it. And that's honestly not a good habit that 
I have, and it shouldn't be a habit of anyone. If that is something that like you're concerned of, um, I would recommend, I personally have one, just create a dummy email account that like the name of the email has nothing to do with you or your name or your last name or any numbers associated with you. And just create like a crazy password, like stupid password, and just let it like sit there and just use that email as like your dummy email for random things that like aren't your bank or your school or your job. Mm -hmm. That's smart. That's like a really good risk management tool. Right. I mean, granted, even that email can get hacked, but in terms of your personal information being separate, it's like what the ideal outcome is that, God forbid, that dummy email account did get hacked. If you find that out, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, they don't have any anything like tied to me. So it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. More personal stories to show that this can happen anytime to anyone, anywhere, and to always be careful and cautious. Abby, what's been your personal experience? Like what happened? So like Missy said in the beginning, which I had no idea about of like the certain times in the year where like, it's like the increased hacking activity tax season. So March, I would say like March-ish, April, March-ish is when mine happened. And I got um, a notification on my was it? I think it was my credit card that someone spent like $150 at like a suits for men like warehouse. <laughs> okay. Um, so like I called my bank and like they they didn't approve it. Or no, actually that one went through, but the other hack that also happened the same day as this one was someone bought a ton of Walmart groceries. And this was right in the beginning of quarantine. So everyone was like going nuts over like the milk and the eggs. And someone, I guess, you know how you have to type in your zip code now when you like use like a debit card or anything like that. So they got the zip code wrong. So that wasn't approved. So they they called me asking about it. And I was like, that was not me. So that luckily was canceled. But I still have bought $150 worth of like suits for men materials or something. Um but yeah, I don't know how that happened. It was like the beginning of quarantine, so I'm not sure where they were going. But yeah, you know, I just called my bank and they were great to work with. And, you know, they were investigating it. They sent in, you know, a report to like investigate it and stuff. So I really didn't have any like difficulties, you know, dealing with that kind of hack on my end. But yeah, yeah. one thing that a lot of um, credit card companies will offer as being a customer with them mm-hmm. because your credit report is ultimately where all of these hacks will have like the biggest effect. Um, God forbid there was like something like, I don't know, someone took out like a $50,000 student loan under Mm. your name. That's gonna affect your credit. Right. Um, So a a lot of credit card companies will provide their customers with identity and, and credit monitoring. That if they see anything out of the blue, they will contact you immediately. I know um, Credit Karma is a great app to use and you can like set your notifications to be like very high strung or like a little bit more lenient. So like if they see even like the smallest thing that looks weird, they'll shoot you an email, you'll get a notification. Or if you don't want it to be as in your face all the time, you can like lower the like strength, I guess, Mm -hmm. of it. 
not of the actual security, but more so like the notifications of it. It's funny that you bring up the credit because we were talking um, with our boss, Chip, before this, and he was telling us his story about how credit cards were opened up in his name because his ID got stolen. And so that must affect the credit, and that's probably how he found out. And then someone spent $1,500 at a piercing store, which is, like, really <laughs> interesting and actually, like, cracks me up because I just, like, it's just If you funny. know Chip, you, he would never yeah. go to a piercing. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. So it's crazy how like the credit can be a huge factor in seeing when something's off. And um, I don't even know how you fix credit when that happens. Like, I don't think you can. Like, I think that once it's done, it's done and you have to build it back up. Right. There there are ways to remediate it. But those ways take years. Yeah. And in with credit being something that in in like um, almost like an analogy, with credit being something that allows us to like take our next steps in life, like buy a car, buy a house, you know, take out a mortgage, all that kind of stuff. Um, it can really have big effects on your life in general. Um, because if you don't get that fixed and your wife and or your husband and you are looking to buy a home and your credit's in the dumps, even though it's not your fault, it doesn't matter. Your credit score on paper is your credit score. And like no one, no lender is gonna say, oh, well, it's okay. They told me they were hacked. No one's yeah. gonna believe that, unfortunately. Yeah, because it, like when you pull a credit score, it doesn't show you what why the credit is what it is. It just gives you right. the number. There's not yeah. like a reasoning behind it, which is like also. And even then, if they show you numbers, it wouldn't. It would just all be shown as you. Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy to think about. I know. Well, it's, it's overwhelming. It is. It is. And then there's like the different type of hack. Like we've talked about banks being hacked. We've talked about IDs getting stolen. And then there's like the social media hacks where like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen where like all of a sudden it's like 1999 with like a picture of Ray-Bans on the back and it's posted Gotta on love Instagram it. and it tags like 50 people. Yeah. Like that to me is more intimidating and scary. Oh my God. I got one I yesterday. I got tagged in like some random post. And like that like, scares me when I get tagged in them because obviously it's someone hacking them and trying to see other people's information. It's it scares like those scare me more, especially when it's like DM'd or whatever. Right. I I wouldn't be necessarily scared when you get them. I would just not click on them. At yeah. All. Yeah. Uh, because like you being tagged in that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a target. But it's okay. just, it's kind of like bringing the, the dog the treat and like dangling it in front of their face. Like, here, like, take it, take it. Like, yeah. I eat. click and on this. Curious as to like what the hell this says. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. I think like, oh, well, they can just like randomly type in like any username and like ob it would tag someone. So then like yeah. that's how I think of it. But you but know. I tried to sell a pair of my Ray-Bans on Craigslist a couple years ago. It was probably like a sophomore, junior in high school. And I was selling them for $150. And this lady contacted me and said that she would send me the money order and yada, yada, yada. And so I get the money order in the mail and it says 1500 So I like texted the number. I said, hey, like this is 1500 not 150 She was like, oh, sorry. I put an extra zero. If you want to cash it and then send me the remainder with the glasses, that'll be great. 
No, thanks. So I'm like, okay. So, mind you, very naive sophomore in high school. I go to CVS to, to do this money order. And the 1500 got taken out of my account. And then two days later, 3000 was taken out of my account because she had called the money order people and said, hey, I didn't get my $1,500. What happened? And so they were like, oh, I guess this money order didn't go through. So they took the 1500 again. My God. And I went like, right to my bank and they cleared everything up, but also filed a police report. I know I said that earlier. Um, yeah. Genuinely, the only way like we as a like human team can combat hacks and get more information on them and how to manage them is just filing police report. We need to have this data logged and try to create patterns and notice, um, you know, um, correlations between, you know, an attack that might be in California and an attack that might be in Boston. They could be the same person. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, it's so I weird. Know. It freaks me out. But people's job is also like hacking too. Like for good. Yeah. Like, like some people are like hackers, but it's like for a good reason to like get to the bottom of this. And then there's like the yeah. other end of it where it's like they're called pen testers. And um, it's basically like businesses like DG, for instance, could hire a professional pen tester and Chip would theoretically say, okay, hack me. And they would, you know, do what yeah. they do best and try to spot check those vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, they basically come back to us and say, so this is what I found. This is the information I got and this is how I got it. And this is what you should do to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's becoming a very um, popular job position in the cyber industry for sure nuts i know i like i you know in some way i find it so fascinating that people like know how to do stuff like that like i i don't even know where to begin with that okay, so now that we've shared all of our sad hacking stories missy let's go into um your six risk management tips that you can share to help us avoid cyber hacks Okay. And also to build off of that a little bit, like how can DG help someone that's looking to like mitigate this risk insurance wise? Yes. So we have, before I get into the six tips um, at DG, we have cyber insurance for commercial accounts for businesses that want to um, protect their data and privacy liability um, resulting from a breach. And we also have um, a lot of our carriers on the personal lines side of things have endorsements you can add to your homeowner's insurance policy that will protect you from data breach expenses and credit and identity theft monitoring, like I would mentioned earlier, um, all through your homeowner's insurance. Um, with the rise of smart homes, um, that's becoming a very big vulnerability that someone could hack, hack pretty much hack your house and you know in the heat of and like the freezing cold of the winter turn your heat off and not turn it back on until you pay them a million bucks yeah i've heard a lot of other stories about um like the home camera voice systems like completely getting hacked like there was this whole um dr phil segment on some person in france like hacked into this like woman's home and like was threatening the whole family threatening the kids she called the police yeah. and the police were like, get the hell out of the house. And I was like, oh my God, I would be like crying. And that's that's the, the nuance of cyber because like you think of 
the parent in that situation, they're paying for and in, in investing in all this technology for their home to eventually to eventually make it safer. Right. For the kids. And then it's exploited in one of the most like personal and traumatic ways. Yeah. You know, that's like the, the hard part about cyber is that you have to compromise the convenience with the risks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where like DG plays a huge role being risk advisors, where we can talk to families about the risks they have if they are getting those systems and everything like that and kind of advise them on what to do commercially and personal. Mm-hmm. So if you have mm-hmm. questions, call us up. Yeah, we know the answers and we can figure out if the carrier that you have can offer you something that would be a perfect fit for you. So on yeah. to the six tips, Missy, what are they? All right. Um, multi-factor authentication. Um, the simplest way I can put this is to think like Nike and just do it. It is very annoying. It is tedious. And if like you don't have your, you're sitting at a computer and your phone's in the other room and you have to get up and go get your phone, just do it. It is the single-handedly easiest and most like foolproof way to secure any of your accounts because mm-hmm. with, if a hacker is trying to get into an account of yours, they need your cell phone and number to get that code to log in. Without it, they cannot log in. So, and they can't get into your account to change the phone number to like reverse that without the original number. So it's very simple. Just do it. I personally hate it myself, but you just gotta do it. Um, Second one would be passwords. Um, Don't use the same password for everything. I know probably like 90% of the people listening to this right now are like, wait, really? Yes, (laughs) don't use the same password for everything. And um, on top of that, you can um, get a password manager, which is basically like, um, it's attached to my Google Chrome I just save my username and passwords for everything. And then you have one password to log into it, which also should not be any of the passwords inside of it. Um, that will house all of your account information. And I would say, and like in my head, I play devil's advocate. I'm like, okay, but what if someone hacks the password manager? That's well, what I was the, just thinking. The risk of having the same password for everything is a lot and getting hacked is probably three times the size compared to having a password manager and having them all housed in in one thing. Um, If you think of the things we use passwords for, email, bank, credit card. um, Social accounts. Like social media, all of these different things, you're done. Noted. I know what I'm doing this afternoon, yeah. changing all of my passwords. <laughs> and honestly, I'm I'm archaic, but I literally have like a, a little book yeah. that I keep all of my passwords in because even some like more so like personal things, not so much work things, I'll I personally don't want like the username or password anywhere for. Yeah. You know, I'll just write them down. And that's always another foolproof way to um, secure your stuff. Third tip would be beware of the cloud. Um, as great of a product and, and the theory behind it is amazing, um, it's a big risk because you have less control over your data. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but like I think about the cloud on my phone, like, oh, I'm just gonna push it into the cloud so it doesn't take up room on my phone, right? Well, that data is still taking room up somewhere and that somewhere you don't know. 
yeah. where that is. So it's a big risk because you, you don't know where it is. You don't know who has access to it, et cetera. And the other thing, too, is that if you don't have Internet access, you don't have access to anything in the cloud. So like even a couple days ago, um, I was getting my Wi-Fi like switched over in my apartment and I was still able to like work on some things because yeah. I didn't have Internet access. But if you have everything in the cloud and you don't have Internet, then you can't do it renders you completely inoperable. Mm -hmm. Fourth one, I think we've all heard this before don't click the link <laughs> just don't do it and i literally two days ago got three emails from amazon quote unquote amazon um saying that um my like like oh click here for your one one time passcode like it was basically a fake email sending me that verification code as if i was trying to log in Mm -hmm. And then in that case, I knew it wasn't Amazon just based on how the email looked. But in that case, if you get an email from Amazon or Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, whatever it might be saying like, oh, like you tried to log in, blah, 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 like reset your password. Do not click the email, leave the email, delete it, get rid of it and then go back into the app like from your normal point of view. Mm -hmm. and go into your security settings because a lot of times there's nothing even wrong with your account they're yeah. they're literally just sending that to like freak you out and get you nervous right. and then you click on that and then it actually gives them all the information that you already think they have but you actually just gave it to them so, so weird polluted, but i think that made sense no it did yep you're good fourth one no fifth yeah. one we're on number five. Round five. Yeah. Um, beware of email addresses. I know we've touched upon this a lot, but um, best analogy I can give for emails is treat it like a postcard and not an envelope. Um, treat it as if everyone could read what you're putting in an email and it's not sealed, it's not protected, anything like that. Just, I mean, it's it's very simple. Just treat it like a postcard. It's not an envelope. Okay, yeah, that is. Uh, wow. And the last one would be public Wi-Fi networks. Um, big, big risk on this because you never know who is sitting next to you in Starbucks. I know in on my home Wi-Fi on my app, like I can see what devices are connected to it. Oh, that's so weird. And I can only imagine a corporation like Starbucks has more access than that yeah 100 percent. they are within when it comes to public wi-fi networks you can a business i.e starbucks for this example right um starbucks could actually be held liable for things that happen on their wi-fi network so if i'm sitting in starbucks writing a paper and i am and joe schmo is sitting next to me and hacks my computer gets a bunch of info and then I'm hacked, money's taken out of my account, whole nine yards. I can actually hold Starbucks liable for that because they did not have the proper security settings put in place for their own customers. And we all know Starbucks markets their free Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> literally everywhere I turn, I'm like, okay, I get it, you have free Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, so just, just be careful. Um, the extra cost of data 
a little bit a month here and there is definitely um, less than what could happen if you connect to every Wi-Fi network you have access to. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think those are like six easy tips for people to take and just kind of start to implement into their day to day. And just overall, when you make new accounts, like be careful about what they are, et cetera. So that's really important. So thank you, Missy. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, thank you so much, Missy, for joining us and giving us a lot of really important information and awareness of what people need to, you know, take precaution on doing when it comes to anything cyber, anything like that. I feel like it's a topic that is complicated. There's a lot of layers to it. And I think you did a great job at kind of giving us, you know, the basics of it just to help us, you know, really understand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave you with one one short saying. One of my favorite professors said last year. Last year, if it can be man made, it can be man broken. Yes, I love that one. Just food for thought. Yes. Crazy. All right, awesome. Well, thank you. And for our next episode, we will have the president of DG, Ted Gibson, joining us. Woo, Ted. We'll be discussing insurance in the cannabis industry and HR. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks for having me. No problem. Anytime. <laughs>